0: I do like that Cookie is managing to just get in front. Like she know it's so much like she's aware. Like this is right in the camera.
1: Mm-hmm. She can get on screen all she wants, sweetie. You want to get up on the on here? You want to? You want to get on the pod? Not, yeah. No, Oh, she's not allowed on the couch.
0: <laughs> Try not. To. Okay, so I'm sorry, now, sweetie. I'm she, sorry. She took that opportunity. Oh, like I didn't know the <laughs> rules of the house. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cookie. Uh,
1: good to see you, man. I, I good to w- see you. I don't think I've seen you since. December 2021 L- that that weekend of the DC improv yeah yeah, that which was peak omicron.
0: Yeah, I had a couple of uh, a cancellations uh, that Sunday from people. Their tickets were still purchased, no refunds, so I'm okay <laughs> with it. but um, yeah, my I would say December 2021 is oddly a a sort of peak in my comedy career, not just because we got to work together. But I didn't know all the heinous, uh, I can curse, right? Oh, curse all you want. All the motherfucking heinous, no, uh, (laughs) all the heinous shit that was coming my way starting February of 2022. Oh, no, take us through it. So I recorded a special. I had um, a big 2020, which sort of changed the trajectory of my career. Very, very relevant to the theme of this podcast, because when I moved to Jersey, where we're sitting right now, in 2019, I had basically resigned to making comedy a hobby after many years of having it be the focus of my life and my work decisions. Like I can only work part-time jobs because there might be a feature week in Ohio that requires my unique talents. So I, I got a job at a, at a law firm that fell into my lap and it was the most money I would have made in a decade. And I said, you know what, I just turned 40, it's time. Like Like it's time to just say, what will make you happy? What will, uh, what's the smart thing to do? And I said, okay, I will still do comedy as a hobby, but like, I just got to take this job. It's, it's jobs like this won't come along. You know, when you have gaps in your resume and you're turning 40, it, it becomes increasingly important that you make the right decision. So the pandemic hits, my videos all of a sudden that I'm doing just out of sheer boredom, uh, go super viral. And my following expands like 40, 50 times on, on, uh, on social media. I'm making a lot of money on Cameo, on YouTube and, and, and everything. So it's almost like, oh my God, I, my, my comedy has been reborn. So 2021, fall, 2020, starting in like summer, fall 2021 is really when I can start getting to, to do some real road work. Yeah, because there a were a no live shows for right. a
1: good year and a
0: half almost. So in addition to that, um, I get an audition for the show Billions because the creator of the show Brian Koppelman was just a fan of mine on social media and unbeknownst to me had the casting agent like send something to me I thought it was a hoax at first so we record that in August of 2021 my, my episode of Billions so I'm sitting here going okay things are really working out well. Um, I guess I'm glad I got this second chance at, at, at a, a real viable stand-up <laughs> comedy career. A phoenix rising from the ashes. Yes, and I, and I'm sorry for the long, this is just the back, rather than have to go keep going back to like background facts, I'll just get it all out in the beginning. Um, and I decided I want to record a special. I had been, in 2021, I had been shadow banned on Twitter. I know I sound like some sort of conservative paranoid dude, but that's the, the funny thing is uh, I'm far from it. It's just that my content was sharing like 95 percent of the DNA of misinformation because it was parodying Trump. Right. It was clearly comedy if you're watching. But I think when Trump got banned from Twitter, if you look at the the way uh, my stuff, my most viral stuff was structured, it was not with a doesn't Trump suck, guys. Here's a video proving it. No, it was like here's Donald Trump saying that Joe Biden is a zombie or whatever and my engagement on twitter which was the main place where i blew up plummeted and when i say plummeted i'm talking like a 90% reduction whoa and growth stopped the Gro- impression was too good i guess that's you know i should have just uh, been me- if you're mediocre there's a, there's a there's a <laughs> place for you in the entertainment space so i decide i want to do a special it's been 4 years since i'd recorded any albums and I've never done a special I said this is the time strike while the iron is still mildly warm and I've got billions coming out in February my episode of billions so I said this is a chance to maybe rebrand okay I got this boost from from all my political material now it's time to show people with a big much bigger audience here's a really good special I'm on and and the goal was in February of 2022 to have a publicist who I had been in talks with like a reputable person um, to sort of rebrand me, like, hey, check out his special, very provocative new special. Hey, he's also on this hit show, Billions. Oh, boy, you may remember him as the Trump guy, but look out. All the stars are aligned. Right, and I've always, my whole career has been like these, ooh, late night spot, followed by three years of nothing. <laughs> ooh, regular guest on Adam Carolla, followed by two years of of, like, no gigs, no, nothing like like it just kept happening. So I thought this is a chance to finally kind of exponentially uh, uh, take advantage, like a, m- force multiply things like not just isolate incidents, but let's package some of these big things together and see if that can kind of get me vaulted to a, a, a better place in the comedy world. And so in December of 2021, when we work together, I have just filmed the special. It's the best thing I've ever done without question and i'm two months from my billions episode so and i i know nothing bad yet (laughs) so i tour the country for a couple of months and in early february i get a call from the people making the special which the title is half blackface um (laughs) thank you and (laughs) and i get a call jail is half black by the way we <laughs> should did. we should put that out there that's i think that's uh,
1: an important caveat to throw onto this this uh, statement here
0: so i get a call from the people produce uh, from the people who filmed and were putting together half blackface that um after being told the day after we filmed that it was amazing looks beautiful sounds great great job phenomenal show i get told oh the agent who we've engaged with to do the sale promotion of this special he watched it and thinks it's too wobbly that we're gonna have to reshoot it because we only had one we only had one show and i said oh no
1: wobbly like the camera was literally the main camera
0: yes like well no but he didn't say that he said it was just too much vibration like i guess and my thinking was oh maybe the agent is being a stickler for details because if you're thinking about an HBO or a Netflix or at least pitching them, you want to have a, 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 a an A-plus production quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you're, you're immediately out if you don't have that, so like we got to make sure that's right. And I said, well, that sucks. But he's interested. He thinks it can it can be marketed. It can, it's worth reshooting. The material is yeah. there. That's so the I take that as a silver lining of, God, I don't want to do this again because this ruins my timing with Billions but if people are interested or if it's it's of a high enough quality comedically then obviously we we shoot it did you think it was wobbly when you watched it or did you notice here's when he the was, thing okay i never i didn't look at it because of the 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 split the revenue split it's 50 50. so i'm going well why, why would you lie like i'll see it when you tell ta- like when we're editing it, I'll see it and give my approval. and I'll, So I'm in no hurry understanding this is going to be a months-long process. I'm not like, I need to see that right away. I trusted when I was told it looked good. Well, I don't know why you'd, why you'd lie. So, yeah, I guess it looks good. When I finally got the video, only to prep for the reshoot, okay? Mm-hmm. Only to prep for the reshoot. I, I finally see the video in, like, late March 2022. Wobbly... Wo- like that would be like describing an 8.0 earthquake as wobbly, from like 15 seconds in because the theater was so packed. I made the mistake of selling out the show. The theater was so packed. once again high quality fucks you over. Yeah, it half filled. My my last special taping, uh, uh, 70% capacity. Uh, not a not a vibration in sight. Oh, I sold 30 <laughs> tickets to my album <laughs> recording, so I know exactly where you're coming from. Hey. Um, Rich Voss said of my 2013 album, keep my enemies closer. When he heard some of it on, uh, Sirius, he said, the guy who did the Louis CK video, I heard some of his bits from his own. It's really funny stuff. It sounded like nobody was there, but it was funny. And I was like, correct on all fronts because <laughs> he just said that randomly on his podcast years ago. Um, so yeah, I sold, I sold, uh, between 25 and 30 tickets for what, what was my best album for about 16 years. Nice. So there you go. Um, so anyway, when I see this, it is, vi- like, it is it is shaking like there was an earthquake throughout because it was so packed that the camera was kind of squeezed into an area where, like, every time some, like, people would clap or move about or, like, it, it so it was, it was unusable. It was not like a, oh, we can edit this out a little bit. This was unusable. There's I,
1: no, like, stabilization feature in Final Cut Pro it, that it, would. It would have, that. it
0: would have damaged the quality too much wow. to do that. So. So now as you can imagine I have a show to get ready for again and I'm now enraged. But I film it in May with some edits to the material updated, taken out references to covid or spoken of in like you know cuz the special is basically 50% my ri- my weird rise to quasi fame and then I lean into like sort of a racial story stemming from that to tell my kind of story as as a like biracial dude who looks, you know, Italian to people. And that special was filmed again in May of 2022. We are sitting here on the cusp of June 2023. That special has not been released yet. Um, it has been the single worst experience of my entire comedy career, and oh. that is saying something. Um,
1: As someone who, who used to read your old blog, yeah, like here's how I did a show at the Toledo Funny Bone. Oh, sure. Getting paid hundred bucks a show yeah. and still made five dollars at the end of it by oh, riding yeah. in a 16-hour. Oh, yeah. No, it's that it's, is something.
0: It's just one of those things where um, it it would be like if you, you know, somebody who did uh, underage snuff porn and you'd be like, this was the worst shoot of my life. That (laughs) when I say worst experience of my comedy career, it's it means something. And um, I just filmed a a new special in on April 1st of 2023 using uh, friends who've done a lot of my sketch videos and things to do the audio and video it's coming out this Friday on my Patreon and then will be wider released later. Wait, so the later... The later special filmed 21 months... I'm sorry, filmed 18 months after the first taping and uh, 11 months after the second taping will be released before the first taping.
1: So what has made it so difficult? Why has this happened?
0: Uh, That's a great question, Um, but... The reason I give all that background is to kind of indicate to people my journey and how even when you think you've reached a new high, this business, until you are in a secure, safe place with like top tier management or a number of fans that's so unassailable, like, oh, if you have five million followers on social media or a top tier agency going to bat for you, you're in those are the places I consider sort of safe. Mm-hmm. only a catastrophic error on your part can really destroy that at least quickly obviously if you don't produce for years that will hurt but but like you're in a safe place but for me it's like i reached this viral fame i had national articles written about me i put out a lot of good work i you was on a howard tv stern. show I howard that. stern and um i'm i'm in a were in a, in many by many metrics i'm in a worse place than i was in 2019 in my comedy career. Wow. Um, so the reason it hasn't taken, I, I can't speak on why it's taken uh, so long, um, but it's been, it's, it's been kind of a nightmare and it's, it's sad because even though I like the one I'm putting out, you know, uh, when is this episode coming out? This,
1: if I can get the editing done in time, it should be out this Wednesday.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah. so this Friday, the special will be out on my Patreon. And then like in a couple of weeks, it'll be wider release or, or in a month I might give the Patreon people that, that nice exclusive window cushion. But, um, that's a really good hour that I'm putting out now, but being objective, you know, like you can't have eight favorite hours. Like if you compare the one I did, half blackface is my masterpiece. Whether that means it's a truly great landmark special or just, great for me that's my best work and and knowing that it's not only languishing but that it is it has sort of suffered you can't even quantify the loss of value from all these things because i can't do a sliding doors scenario where i go but what if it hadn't been screwed up the first time and it came out right when i was on billions and my publicist really kicked ass I might not be sitting here with you. I might have said, hell no, I'm too big.
1: Yeah, you'd have left me on red. I'm it's like too, I'm not going on Pete's I'm podcast. Too about big for this show.
0: I am suc. <laughs> I am t- I am too busy succeeding to do your failure podcast. <laughs> but now I'm like, I feel like. The patron saint of comedy failure, yeah,
1: like Sally Airy at the end of Amadeus, just like oh, the, uh, the best. I have
0: compared myself to him way too many times. But here is what's great about modern comedy: people will go, "Who?" and I go, "Great, yep, great, yep." Don't have to. I, worry. I love feeling like Dennis Miller for mentioning a best picture.
1: So, is there any kind of update about like when Half Blackface will come out, or is it still just kind of in that production limbo?
0: It's it's in the sales phase, but there are times where I feel like it's a catch and kill operation um, where I'm just like, uh, I, I just, I have to, I have to get updates. Like if I'm promised something in two weeks, I'll email seven weeks later and there won't, there's no acknowledgement. I know this is like bridge burning shit that I'm saying right now, but I'm so, I, I, I cannot express legally the rage that I feel.
1: And JL's a lawyer. So <laughs> uh-huh.
0: no, but it's 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 like it's there comes a point where you're like, I, I don't care why. I don't care what. All I know is the best work of my career has been so thoroughly devalued and and harmed that that you just go, when it comes out, nobody's gonna care. Um it's not I'm not gonna have the the, the, you know, I'm not somebody who's on Jimmy Fallon once a month. I'm not somebody, I have limited big opportunities and the key to trying to make it in this business when you're not repped by the gold standard agencies or um, amassed 10 million TikTok followers, when you're navigating the sort of I'm barely relevant landscape, those few opportunities, and this is a lesson I learned along the way in my career, you don't get a lot of them and you have to get them by the neck and make the absolute most of them if you're going to have a chance. When you say to a non-actor, you're going to have like a featured guest role on the show Billions and you have this, inter- this lingering internet fame from some viral videos and you've got a great special... The old me would have been like, well, I guess everything's working out. Yep. It'll the, take care of itself. Right. The, the world is just and fair. But the new me was like, <laughs> I have to mush these things together into like a one month super team effort. And I did all that I could. And it's the first thing I ever didn't self produce because I've always been skeptical of this business. Um, I remember, like, I've always been skeptical and for good reason. Um, I had no sympathy when Dave Chappelle did his thing about, uh, well, well, and I'm not saying they did anything illegal, but Chappelle's show nobody ever heard of streaming. And so I don't want you to watch Chappelle's show until they pay me.
1: Dude, if there's anyone in this business whose problems I care about less than Pete Davidson, (laughs) it's Dave Chappelle. It's uh, I'm not he- like I'm not here for your uh, persecution complex yeah. when you're getting paid twenty million dollars per special right. and you can sell out any theater you want to and people love you like you can't right. have everything the culture is not gonna embrace you on top of it
0: and except a lot of his fans did embrace that and say that's great that he's t- like speaking truth, truth to, to, power. to power yeah and I thought to myself in 2010 an agency, that a management company that had repped me for about five months before they fired my manager and lost interest in me. They contacted me a couple of years after dumping me and were talking about their, uh, their new production company and that they wanted to partner with me because they knew I had existing albums and they wanted to include my albums in their catalog. And I thought to myself, streaming was not a thing, satellite radio was not playing comedy yet, and I just thought, mm, no. And I don't even know why I'm saying no, but no. And they were like, "Well, you're going to be featured as like, you know, as part of the largest content library, and and that that will really boost your exposure." Were
1: they offering you any residuals or like any kind just, of
0: just just that the ex, you know just the classic comedy payment of exposure? Mm-hmm. Now that company, can
1: get, it can lead to other opportunities where you will also get paid yeah. exposure.
0: Now that company ended up moving on from management into content distribution. And I'm not gonna say who it is, but they are a very, very, very large company. And they, I didn't have an agent. I didn't have a manager. I was new to this business, but I did know you didn't wanna work with me as a talent, but you're very interested in my work product no, it just doesn't, it doesn't smell right. Mm-hmm. Now, my theory is they were building up that they knew where the future was headed, you know, and we're building up their library of, yes, we get, you know, we get 25 or 50% um, to be your distributor and blah, 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 blah. And I'm sure a lot of people were like, y- yeah, mm-hmm. that's like, oh, what do you mean? I don't get half my album money anymore now that streaming is apparently a thing and royalties are now a thing. And when Chappelle was complaining about that, saying, "Now Netflix you know wasn't a thing they didn't have streaming, they didn't have all that, and I thought to myself, but why didn't you, or presumably your a list agent think outside the box like I had enough awareness to just go, it just doesn't feel right give it like so if if you're signing something away, and that might have been a traditional contract at the time, but and at which point I go oh you know what that's too bad
1: mm-hmm. so you think they just wanted they they weren't interested in you i mean in, in 2003
0: you. oh no 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 they were not they were and they were aggregating they just wanted
1: to take your shit they, and they profit wanted ta- off of it without helping you in the future
0: but even if it not even if it was a, a i think they wanted to let me put it this way when last comic standing has an open call you know when they would have open calls do you think Open that was to, yeah? Do you think that was to find, and this is a rhetorical question? <laughs> do you think that was to find the next comedy superstar in a line of ten thousand people, or to just have a line of ten thousand extras that aren't getting paid? Yeah. To then make it look like the ten people they selected were part of an organic process. Uh, it's B. It's B. Wow! You know,
1: I never thought of <laughs> it that way, JL. That's incredible.
0: Right, unpaid extras are are what people online were for for last comic standing. And, but it gave the veneer of this like casting call for talent. I think they wanted to do that in a comedy space of like the faster we just aggregate content, the sooner we can label ourselves the largest uh, library of comedy content, oh, wow. which then can be a brand that you can market and, and et cetera, et cetera. And all I had was me going. Uh, it just seems weird that you'd want my stuff because you literally... I might have agreed to it had I not ever worked with them. But mm-hmm. to me, it was like, but but you, you had me. Yeah, you like, didn't you, want you me, had but you me. want my stuff now. So I just have to say no because it feels weird. And I will say this, having self-produced my six albums prior to 2021, um, that money from Sirius, Pandora, etc., help me pay bills, especially during some lean times, like between 2014 and 2019, um, I don't think I'm exaggerating to say I made around 130,000 bucks. Um, And as passive income, where like some months it's like, uh, how do I pay the rent? Oh, good. 1,800 Over bucks just years, came that's, in. That's right. huge. And it was very up and down. It was like rolling the dice. It's like this month, oh, 380 bucks. Yeah. What the hell?
1: Every, the 15th of every month, <laughs> you're waiting
0: for that sound exchange
1: payment yep. to come in. It's like, all right, how the, many groceries can I buy? Let's right. go.
0: And then the next one, it's like 2,900. I'm rich. Yep. But I owned it all. The reason those payments, there were no artist ownership split. Everything, I owned everything. And for this to be the first and only time, and I thought it was an act of humility, of course, I want to like keep it all to myself. But I said, my money is fine right now. I have a good day job. I had a lot of success in 2020 and 2021. So it's not, this isn't like, I need all this money. I was giving up half this money because I thought working with people with better contacts, bigger reach, bigger industry reach was the smart move to say, yes, take half now because I want this to pay dividends in terms of expanding my audience and my career.
1: It was the time where exposure was actually was mattered, work, yeah. right?
0: Because I've already got my exposure. Now I'd like some end industry inside assistance, and um, it it was it was I mean it just was a bad decision, and I I don't know how I could have known that. I don't think I could have, but it's it's no, I just
1: think, I think you made the right decision at the time, not knowing what you knew, because again, you had all of these things kind of coalescing, and I think it was smart to say like. You know, I don't know right there's some other people will know better how to make all these things combine together right. and and push forward. And you did something different and it just like yeah, it just didn't turn out the way you wanted it to turn out.
0: Yeah. And it's it's uh it's real it's really unfortunate. I mean it's gonna come out someday, somewhere. Um, when you
1: say it's in the sales process meaning they're trying to sell it like this isn't going to end up on youtube they're trying to sell it no, to like, a distributor yeah like, to a, ne- a network or a streaming service yeah
0: uh, to a distributor and that that in and of itself is disappointing because my only reason for this was for it to to, to partner was that it would get an uh, you know an effort to, to at least have it put in front of some big executives because i really believe in the in the special um but both times we filmed it, you know, the second time that the main camera failed as well. Um, it was just that the the cameras, the side cameras, were so good that we pieced it together from that.
1: Who is the main camera company, and how it's, did they blow it twice?
0: Well, we we can always discuss that uh, in, offline, offline, <laughs> or with lawyers. Um, but it was uh, it, it's it's so when I. People have heard me and I I think one of the reasons you wanted me on the show. People have heard me talk about quitting comedy for over a decade. (laughs) Um, I'm sort of I don't know if I'm like the depressed id of the stand up comedy world where it's like he always says the worst raw feeling that a comedian feels in their worst moment. And he says that like weekly.
1: (laughs) I don't even know if it's that. It's just like I think it's been a type of honesty that a lot of comedians won't share at least publicly. Because they're trying to, they, they value playing the game over sharing yeah. how they actually feel. And that's how I've always seen you as like a very honest person about the downsides of not just the business itself, but the lifestyle yeah. of comedy and how it can be disappointing. Where, like where did that, did that honesty like develop over time? Because like you kind of, things kind of hit for you early. Like yeah. take us through like the first few years of your career in that sure. like
0: that. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Um, no, it did. Like I, I remember when I got on, I I started in DC, June 2nd, 2003. So this Friday is 20 years. No way. Yeah. And and uh,
1: your, your special comes out on the 20 year anniversary.
0: Unbelievable. Look at that time, full circle, flat circle, everything. (laughs) Um, I start in DC and all I kept thinking was like, I'm funny to my friends and I need a hobby. I was depressed in law school and I thought, let me, let me try comedy. Um, I always get a kick out of people who are, who like get into comedy, like with swagger. Like, I'm always like, what, what are you doing? Um, and my first open mic went well enough. Was it at the DC Impro? No, it was at the Tacoma Station Tavern. A jazz club had like a Monday open night. Sounds about right. And the crowd was really good. And I went really scared. Like I prepped my, I practiced my set in my apartment for like two weeks. Because I was like, let me just memorize it, which is not really the way I do comedy anymore. But like, I was like, if I get booed or yelled at, I want to have this committed to memory so that I can just power through. And the crowd was nice. I'm sure I was very mediocre at best, but the crowd was nice. I got a couple laughs and I said, well, I guess I'm supposed to do this then. Yeah, one night just send your life down a completely different path. Right. And then so 3 years in I recorded my first album. And I remember listening to it semi recently and thinking, "Okay, I'm not embarrassed by this," which I think is the best thing you can say. Like That's I'm, huge. I'm not I'm like I thought I'd listen to it and be cringing the whole time, but I was like it's pretty solid.
1: Solid for 3 years in or solid it's, in general? It's
0: I think it's excellent for 3 years in and like so, just decent. It's like decent for like anything. Mm-hmm. Um and so then I took the film of that and, and you know, every comedian at the time had like their agent listed on their website. So I literally mailed a DVD and a headshot and a letter to like 20 different managers or whatever that, you know, who just had their info like, oh, john at smith.com, then you look up smith.com, okay, that's the address, see ya. And two got back to me, including one from a major player and they never signed me but this person this individual manager really wanted to work with me and so we're working together and he he gets me on the late late show uh just past four years in the business and And that's with craig ferguson james corden
1: hadn't uh scourged us with his presence right and
0: i i always love that like when i was in la in 2022 um i just said yeah my credits uh howard stern viral videos on youtube the late late show and they had to put on their site parentheses ferguson i'm like None of us win if you do that. Like, why do you want to make me seem stale? We're not lying. <laughs> I did the late, late show. Like, why do you have to say Ferguson? <laughs> the guys quit the show like six, seven, eight years ago. Like, why do that? Also,
1: most people are probably like, who? Like, what? what?
0: Right. Uh, Tom Snyder? <laughs> um, Craig Kilborn? Right. And so it was one of those. But it was it was a it, I really had a very strong sort of debut set and I was feeling very positive about this. And then the woman I was dating at the time who I was engaged to um, kindly informed me that maybe we should break up if if I'm going to take comedy seriously, because it should probably just be a hobby. And I always Whoa. thought to myself, how many comedians get that talk after their late night debut? Yeah. How many now? now it seems like she might have been right, but for the wrong reasons. But how many people actually get told, I don't think this is for you, like within a month of their late night debut. But
1: normally it's after the Tacoma Park Station. Like Yeah. It's like, no, this, this Monday, things are really going to hit. Right.
0: And so then a bunch of things happen. Uh, the, I was going to be on Ferguson again. Like they hadn't scheduled me, but I had the Booker info. I know I crushed the set. And they were like, yeah, about six months. We wait about six months before having you back. But yes, we'd love to have you back on. Well, in that time, the writer strike of oh oh seven oh eight hits. So the show's gone. While I have a manager, then my manager gets fired. Strike gets resolved, like a hundred days later. I'm writing to them again and getting ghosted by the show because it was like you know I'm not some rando who's just like uh, I'm really good. Can I do? It? it was like I I my tape my audition tape can be my set from your show. I would like to do it again. I and. I I am not psycho here. That was a great set, and here's your email saying like, thought it was have a great you back set, in six right. months, Yeah, and they just ignored me from that point on. And that was. Do you was think that was
1: because you weren't with your manager anymore? Probably, and they wanted connections to that agency, or it might
0: have been, and it might have just been. It like, I don't. I I don't know. Um, maybe I'm I'm not delusional because the set is on my YouTube for you to watch, but. Maybe they were being polite and then they reconfigured the show or realized they wanted to do something else. But it was like that was like the first little piece of devastating sort of like, huh, what's happening? Like it's not all upward climb. Right. For me. Right. And then. Um, so that but that was like the the initial start. And then. Then we hit some of the dark years and, and then I got a decent amount of feature work just off of the Ferguson spot. Um, And by
1: emailing clubs. Yeah. Okay.
0: And that was one of those things that became a little tough also because you started to realize like at this point I have like an hour of material, like one hour and I'm working towards a second hour. Breaking up with the ex-fiance actually kind of made my career go in a different direction because that relationship had been so kind of, I hate to say traumatic, emotionally traumatic that, it was, it, it made my comedy become sort of a, uh, a coping mechanism. So I became a lot more, my first album is really the only album I have that's kind of, if I can call it Happy Go Lucky. It's a lot of fun jokes, it's a lot of impressions, it's a lot of like observational stuff. Then I start mining the personal stuff after that relationship. It really kind of took me in a different direction, a, bet- a better direction, but a, but a direction if I could still today snap my fingers and go, would you rather have not gone through some of that stuff and been a happier person or be the best comedian you can be? I'd be like, I think I'd take happier person not having dealt with some of that stuff.
1: That's a very honest thing to say. It's like, yeah, it wasn't looking back on, I might not have necessarily been worth it
0: it what like it, it's unfortunate you can't change it so you make lemon lemonade that's what i do i make lemons out of lemonade
1: um
0: <laughs> but you make lemonade out of lemons so you've already got like you can't undo that so you do the best you can but if i had the option to be like would you just like to wipe 06 to 08 out of eternal existence? sunshine that shit yeah um i might i might i really might um but feature work is kind of interesting because you're on the road and you're like i'm i'm, fa- I'm a, I'm, I'm a very prolific comic, but at the time I'm just developing my skills and it's like, you go on the road and you're like, well, if they don't like this half hour, I don't have enough experience or material to just give you like the, oh, I'm going to give you the generic, like TV friendly. You like my YouTube video set that I still can take pride in. Cause it's not hack. It's not, but it's, but it's like, we'll steer clear of politics or we'll still steer, steer clear of this. Now I have so so much that I can kind of like if I feel like, oh, I'm doing like some generic road gig uh, and I'm not working on anything in particular, like I've done sets where I'm working on something, and I go, you're gonna get these jokes, even though I know you are not the crowd for these jokes, but the taping in three weeks supersedes you and your specific narrow needs for comedy, mm-hmm. like oh, you don't like you don't like Trump material, well, you're gonna have to go fuck off tonight, yeah. Because what I'm working on is this hour, this particular hour, not a uh, charity function or a random night at a comedy club. Where it's like, OK, I, I, nobody wants to bomb intentionally. Right. But so yeah,
1: now you have like, yeah, the ability to kind of choose your own adventure, or your own set. Right. But back then when you were doing the feature work, it's like this is my 30 minutes that I have. Yeah. And like, oh, they, is, they didn't like me.
0: Uh, I, I don't have any recourse. Yeah. It looks like we got <laughs>
1: 25 more minutes of both yeah. of us being unhappy.
0: And, and the good thing is like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm doing a complete choose your own adventure. Like you get set a, I'm also good enough now that even if this isn't your cup of tea, you have to be kind of a real dummy, not to at least appreciate most of my set. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. There are, there are audiences on Lyle and that 30 minutes into a hour long set are dying of laughter. And I mentioned Trump and all of a sudden you can hear on my camera, this guy sucks. <laughs> and it's like, what about the previous 30 minutes? And then if you paid attention, the last 20 minutes. But no, you're you know, but that's a different discussion. That's that's why modern one of the five or six reasons why modern stand up really sucks. Just like narrow perspectives or algorithm interests yeah everybody needs their everybody's there for their own curated interests and not for sort of general stuff and everybody thinks the other side is narrow-minded and weak but not not me and and yes that skews right the hypocrisy skews right when it comes to calling the other people weak and pussies and pc and libtar or whatever but they don't see themselves when like you insult their surrogate daddy Trump or something they right. go boo oh no he's the best president ever their
1: anger is justified in their
0: yeah in their mind it's it's not it's not sensitivity when i'm sensitive <laughs> it's actually a show <laughs> of strength when i'm a pussy <laughs> i'm standing up
1: to the libtard woke mafia yeah
0: like and i had a joke that was taken out of my 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 unreleased special right now just cuz it for editing purposes. But it was one of those things where I said, I'm tired of people, the woke mob. Do you think anybody told Mitt Romney when he was running from the Capitol? Don't worry, Mitt, this is just a mob. (laughs) At least it's not a woke mob. (laughs) Uh, Emmett Till, relax. It could have been worse. (laughs) It could have been a woke mob. They could have had purple hair. (laughs) Be careful.
1: Uh, They could have (laughs) been highlighting their pronouns.
0: (laughs) Thank God you got off easy. (laughs) <laughs> and that's a joke a comedian will. but that's that's one of those jokes where unless i am in such complete command of an audience i can't like people will hear sometimes words they're
1: not willing to go with you there.
0: and go uh like i remember i told a joke about uh, it, it this is on it was an early iteration of a bit on serial killers and how there were no serial killers of color being highlighted and That's like, that's my favorite, it's a big bit on this, on half blackface, like it's like a a long bit on racism and serial killers. But I remember early iteration of this, I was at Gotham Comedy Club and I had said, you know, why no serial killers of color? Were there no trans serial killers? And obviously meaning a serial killer who is trans, not a person who kills trans people. And a woman came up to me after the show and I didn't give her the whole riot act because she was very nice, she was like, that was really funny but I don't know. And she was like, kind of apologetic. She knew she was like stepping on dangerous territory, but she was like, I just don't know if you should be like, you know, going after trans people. Cause like they're having a really rough time right now. And I was like, I could see that she was just doing it from a sensitive place. Like, and I was like, Oh, I hear what you're saying, but like that wasn't about, trans people you didn't hear what i was saying yeah you you kind of heard trans and thought it was just this is a trans joke and we should leave them alone now i would disagree on leaving them alone for humor purposes Mm -hmm. but also that's not even what i was doing
1: i've heard Burr talk about that too where it's like you have a joke and you have an idea of what it means and what you're saying and it goes into somebody else's head and it's not yours anymore. Like they it's like drugs. They cut it with their own stuff and turn uh, it into uh,
0: You said <laughs> trance. You said trance No, no, but what I was saying was I was supporting them. No, you're not with listening. Joke. <laughs> um
1: so as someone who's like you fought through all this like adversity, disappointment and like yeah, the honesty and like I just remember um like listening to the last episode of Righteous Prick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, what was that, 2019? It was around that time you got the job?
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I got the job in August 2019, and I think part of me was like, you know what? If I'm going to be prioritizing, like, a day job, then part of that prioritization is like, I don't know what's on all three hundred and eighty of these episodes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, pew. You
1: yeah, know. that makes sense. That makes sense. So you take it you get to that day where it's the Trump Easter video. Yeah. And that's the one that like really blows up. Yeah, yeah. Like, where are you? What's your state of mind? When do you realize that like, oh, this is turning into something serious?
0: It was it was at least a day or two later mm-hmm. um because that day i literally just and i tell this story on half black, everything here is like it's on half black you're getting Face. a preview of half blackface <laughs> so when it comes out but my friend texted me i had done two trump videos one of them got eighteen thousand views on twitter and it was i was like whoa mm-hmm. i got 50 new followers like my friend pete dominic retweeted it. Uh, comedian laurie kilmartin retweeted it, and i was like oh wow so a week later, I'm like going to walk cookie, and my friend texts me and says, That idiot just said he's gonna reopen the economy by Easter. And I just said, Eh, let me do a video. That might be funny. And so I went into that room over there and did uh did a video and literally was thinking maybe I'll get 50 more followers. Like anybody who's like if you've watched my career long enough, you know, I don't hold the secrets to going viral. <laughs> it was not even in my mind. You have to understand this is something I'm I'm home from my day job. The pandemic has just started. I'm worried about like, am I really going to have to wear a mask everywhere? Which I did. But I was like not thinking the government was trying to control me. Just like oh, a mask is annoying. And then I got you get used. the glasses. Fogged yeah, up. You yeah. Yeah. But difficult. then I got used to it. Spoiler. I got used to the mask and never complained about it again unlike some folks. Uh, You're killing our kids. But I just did the video. I was like, cool. And a couple people retweeted it. Roy Wood Jr. retweeted it like that afternoon, I think, which took it from like a thousand views to like 40,000. So I'm like, oh, that's my biggest one. Cool. The next day, it's in like the hundreds of thousands, and that's when it really started. Like then I started seeing celebrities retweeting. Didn't John Cusack retweet retweeted or something. Not him. He's been big. He's been big recently okay. for me, but but Richard Marks was like one of the big ones where I was like, whoa. And the next day I woke up and I was in my mentions. You know how Twitter will only do like 20? It was updating 20 plus mentions as quickly as i could swipe wow. i've never like in other words this wasn't like swipe oh n- nine more people it was like 20 plus swipe 20 plus sw- it was like going everywhere and it was now getting into the millions then i threw it up on youtube which now in my head cuz people you have to understand i did not think this would happen this is the this is the mindset of somebody a comedian who's bored and does has no expectations so like Somebody had said, like, oh, could you put it up on YouTube? I was like, I guess YouTube, like 2.6 million views on YouTube.
1: Was, that, was it shorts at the time, or the video no. was longer than a minute? It was longer than a okay, minute. all right.
0: And somebody then, the one mistake I made, somebody said, have you thought about putting this on this platform, TikTok? And I said, I think that's for kids. Uh. <laughs> 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 and I didn't, I meant... <laughs> I meant for kids, not meaning, like, that's stupid. I was like, yeah. I think that's for, like, teenagers. That's not my audience. I in
1: my 40s. Yeah. yeah,
0: like, I didn't... That wasn't, like, a put-down. I was like, oh, I don't think TikTok's for me. Well, TikTok mostly
1: was Gen Z in, like,
0: but May of was, 2020. But that was... But March. March. Oh, really? Yeah. March. Holy shit. March oh, 2020, yeah. though, would have been the ideal time to get it up. Yeah. Because then you're talking about, if that video goes on TikTok, with how viral... Everywhere I put it up, it blew up. Like, so YouTube it was so viral on Twitter. People were like, it it just, it was blowing up everywhere. So if I had put that as my first TikTok video with their algorithm, I probably am, I'm at least at like 300,000 followers on TikTok just off of that. And who knows how that grows me over the pandemic. it is like
1: hindsight 2020, all that stuff. I I
0: regret it in a playful way, not in a, oh, that was so dumb not to do it. It was like, I just legitimately thought it was like an app for teens and that they wouldn't be into my stuff. Now, that tells you sometimes, and by sometimes I mean basically all the time, the uh, simple-minded, bored housewife does know what's hot in the streets. Mm-hmm. And when when some lady, and I'm only kidding, I, if in case this person, whoever you were, is listening um i'm only kidding with, but but that is it's like sometimes uh no just sometimes give the people what they ask for sometimes that's the key um sometimes you are in a service industry as a comedian not just an artist i just think the service part of it has overwhelmed the artistry part of it in recent years but my only regret then was not putting it up on uh on tiktok but it 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 blew up huge um and then a month later I was superseded by somebody lip-syncing Trump. Oh, and that that was sort of a ruder than expected, and this is no shade on her, but it is a shade on sort of the climate that, that comedy was quickly devolving into. Um, my, my thing on comedy in general has been, in the recent years, why I'm so frustrated now after reaching this other level of success, It feels like comedy now, and why I'm so disillusioned, I I told you before we we started recording, um, I'm more down on comedy than I ever was before. And that's saying something, because uh, where comedy is now, I was frustrated for years at my lack of success. But now I sort of sit, and it started in 2020 with whether it was fans accusing me of stealing, not realizing I was impersonating and not lip syncing, and then getting no sort of credit or respect for that distinction, um, it now feels like I don't know where comedy is headed. I could see for most of my career, I want this. This is what I want, and I'm not getting it, and that's so frustrating. Now I'm like, do I want this? Do I want to thrive in a climate that like everybody from great comedians to hacks are doing forced improv Q&A to get content to feed an algorithm? Like is and we're just on the on the cusp of AI. Mm-hmm. Who knows how that will damage things even more. But when the TikTok algorithm is sort of determining what you joke about, how you joke about it, how you present it, I don't think that's a good thing and you know a, a blog i'm working on right now is called the end of hack which is the great thing about the internet and comedy is it's exposed without it i wouldn't be uh, uh wouldn't have had a, a you know an 18 month stretch of wild success followed by a, a complete crash and burn but so the internet has exposed more money making opportunities more people to more more artists to more people but it's also taken stand up comedy specifically out of the realm of like do you like stand up comedy and more like are you bored and do you have a phone you might like this little clip and it creates this atmosphere where like more people who maybe don't know stand up comedy are like i like comedy and i remember i like
1: asking people sitting in front of me if right. they're dating and how long they've been having sex
0: but i i, I remember i saw a joke by a guy on it came up in my feed on TikTok, and it was a very hacky joke now i don't say that to diminish the person this person might have been a new comedian or a relatively new comedian i have stuff from two three years in that I, I cringe at i'm like i can't believe i ever said that but that's where my comedy development was but nobody was looking at my stuff and making me go viral three years in where it'd be like oh now you're ready to headline theaters um because what's happened is people who have never known comedy, stand-up comedy really, are going, I like that. Well, he said, um, I'm half uh, Native American, half Irish, and did a joke about being drunk in a teepee. And that had like 90,000 hearts. And I didn't, have, I didn't even have the courage to look to see how many views I just, I just knew that it was going to be like a million plus views, mm-hmm. and then I think I did see the the person had like, f- like, you know, like eighty k followers already, and I go, but that's because all you have to do is reach everybody, and so it doesn't matter if your stuff is hacky. If you don't know stand up comedy, then you don't know something's hacky. There's like this ignorance is bliss, and like shit comics. Who used to have to develop their act and move through the, oh, you know what that kind of stunk. They or, wouldn't
1: thrive with the hack. They,
0: they would have to keep working and getting better, and get, but they can actually jump if they hit the TikTok algorithm like correctly. They can go from, I'm an open mic MC guy, try or woman, trying to to <laughs> women
1: can be hacks too. Yeah, All right, let's
0: trying to move up. And, like, would I have developed as a comic if three years in, um, even if I was good for three years in, I stunk for now. But if TikTok were around when I was doing open mics and and, uh, uh, contests at the DC Improv, maybe I would have had a million followers. And then DC Improv would have had to, like, be forced to consider me for, like, headlining. It's like, I have... Fifteen minutes of mediocre material? Clearly
1: no need to write any more jokes or, right. or explore uh, like mine into this this bit. And that's the funny thing about the algorithm too, is like it doesn't generate anything new. It only serves you stuff that you've already seen and yeah. liked or some kind of variations on it. Yeah. So despite all this negativity and all this frustration, I just I just have to ask, like, why what motivates you to continue pushing forward and to keep putting stuff out?
0: Well, I've hit a point. You you, you, you meet me at an interesting point because it was The the half-blackface debacle was, it was sort of, I'm going to make something very morbid, but my father, who passed away in 2017, but lived till he was 85, good long life, always looked younger, always appeared more fit than he was until he got shingles around like 78 or 79. And that, whether it was a coincidence or a result of shingles, that's when he started this very steady, clear decline. He started to look older. His mind went a little bit, you know, not completely, but you know, early early stages of dementia. Um, And I use my own father as the example just so people realize I'm not being flippant. I feel like the half blackface thing was kind of the shingles to my motivation to do comedy. (laughs) Like it was this unexpected sledgehammer like I had grown accustomed to what the the, the, the ebbs and flows of a, of a frustrating comedy career could be. But this felt like I did not see the, like I did not see the emotional impact of having my best work fucked. That, and the fact that it was this singular moment in my career of like, I don't even audition for things and I'm on a big show. I didn't even try to go viral. And I went super viral and gained like, you know, 200,000 followers across platforms. None of these things were planned. These were like strokes of good luck that, you know, opportunity, uh, luck is opportunity, meaning preparation or whatever the fuck that poster saying kind of thing is. Success, yeah, something like that. And and I thought, I've done the work. I got some luck. Let's maximize it. And I just didn't, I didn't see this coming. And I only say the shingles thing from an emotional standpoint. Like, I didn't know... How hard I would take that frustration because you think, um, I've been frustrated. I've been, I lost sleep over lip sync videos, like pushing me out of the spotlight. Like I lost sleep over that. And that is not. And I know maybe that sounds crazy, but I think it's one of the reasons why I'm good at this is that I like, I am very determined and focused on at least the work is going to be good. I, I have come to grips with I can't make people see things the way i think i can't make success happen i can't make everybody kind of smart but but i lost sleep over that because i was like this can't be the way you know this can't be the way like my moment moves Mm -hmm. moves on like but it was so be it but this thing half by face was like it wasn't a gut punch it was that it was like a a a somebody sebastian janikowski fucking punted my balls like i know he's a place kicker not a punter but you get what i'm saying that's what it like it was that level of like i i I am not everybody mike tyson said it best everyone has a plan until your best special gets fucked up (laughs) 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 so they're like they're going forward it's just like I mean, I'm in like a mental space I've never been in because it's like
1: you you don't you don't see a way out really or you're still figuring it out.
0: I wrote a few good new jokes recently, but it was the longest stretch. I went like two months without writing a new joke, basically not even trying because I just didn't have the I've never been somebody who just says today is a writing session. I'm more like sometimes 20 minutes of material will hit me and that's when I write. I, I let it. I let it happen. And there's no right technique. But for me, it's always been like, oh, that's a good idea. Let me make a note of that. We'll go back to it. Um, but I, I, I really lost a lot of desire mm. from this, and more so than normal. You go through this. You're like, quit. Uh, this is stupid. This is annoying. This, this has been like, and I hope, I hope it's not permanent. But if it is, then i got to walk away mm-hmm. um, because I have been miserable uh like around my girlfriend uh, not all the time but yeah I, i'm but, the same way yeah uh, like like she is a an infinitely patient person and that makes me feel even worse like i'm taking advantage of like let me use your patience for something better than 7am coffee cup bitch like i wake up and by the time i'm halfway through a cup of coffee at like 7 i am so focused on half blackface it's like disturbing Um, and maybe that's because I feel like maybe after that, I don't have hope. Maybe it's like you're almost hanging on to the complaint because, well, once that's gone, good or bad, once that's gone, now what? Um, it's like the Soviet, you know, U.S. was lost without the Soviet Union for a little bit. Yeah. Like, who's our, who's our enemy? Um, and then, you know, a plane crashed into half blackface (laughs) and we had a new enemy.
1: A second half black faces hit the town.
0: <laughs> Did he really compare his special to his father's death and 9 11
1: <laughs> On that note, this this might be a tough question to answer, or maybe there is no answer, and feel free to to say that. But like you're in my position, or I mean, six, seven months left of this year trying to make a big push forward, knowing what you know, seeing what you've seen. Any advice you would give to me to try and Break through some of the um, I don't know blaze isn't the right word just like to try and get some momentum going. Is there anything you could offer as advice?
0: Okay, well mentally, what mm-hmm. I would say is, which was helpful to me, even though the results didn't maybe it helped me power through and get some stuff done. Is as I think you are, as I see your 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 commitment to sort of the new technology and the new media. Um, if you're gonna if you're if you got seven months left to make a decision. All the way, like complete dedication Because 'cause don't the first thing you can't have is like, uh but what if I had done that mm-hmm. you know it's, all
1: the way in terms of like commitment to the online stuff or just like
0: go with like everything, okay, um be just say, if I'm doing it, like why not quit today then right you know what I mean, if you I've but, thought about it, sure, but. <laughs> First uh,
1: couple of months, podcast numbers weren't doing well. It's like, man, it's a pain in the ass to edit these things. Yeah. Maybe I just, no, but I, I see what you're saying. Just
0: But but I would say, um, God, I hate, I hate saying this, but it's like TikTok is disproportionately important right now. So if there is any kind of gimmick, character, or viral moments that you can manufacture, create, or think of, It goes against it goes against like my ethics, but my ethics can't win over reality. Mm -hmm. Like I can't change reality with my ethics.
1: (laughs) A lot of time, beliefs and needs are in contradiction with each other. Right.
0: And it's, you know, I think the best thing that could happen to comedy, honestly, is if good comedians who are experienced um, play the game and expose the game players without the substance behind them so at least hey if you're choosing between two million follower tiktok accounts uh well this guy sucks at comedy so we'll go with the one who doesn't and i think that's a probably utopian world i'm creating um that doesn't exist but go 100 effort especially since you've given yourself almost the equivalent of like a sprinting amount of time yeah find an angle or a gimmick for tiktok and uh until
1: it pains you just to say that
0: yeah uh it it does because it's it's you know i see i give an example i see there's this he's a talented impersonator um i don't know that he's a particularly good stand-up comedian but he has some impressions that blow me away. Not, not my best, but I'm saying I just sit there and like, wow, that's a great impression. Wow. That's great. But the ones I see him doing the most are the ones that get the most hits, the most in the news, in the zeitgeist kind of people. And I go, but those aren't nearly your best. Like, and that's somebody basically, that's a business decision, Mm -hmm. you know? And I almost always choose the art decision because I have a job. I have a job that I don't particularly like, but I respect it, and I respect the fact that it gives me money and health benefits, and that's the deal. Not every job is a passion or a career. Some jobs are just like, we have a deal. You do this work, we pay you, and that is a valuable thing to have. I didn't want and I don't want comedy to be a job I want to do it for my work I want to do it as a career but I don't want it to be my job and I've done enough that I feel like I don't have to compromise that but I'm also aware of my limitations and if I don't move from where I'm at soon and if these two specials don't move move the needle for me I feel like I'll be at a breaking point of like well well, at what point does me doing a dance video on TikTok just mean I should drown my comedy career in a bathtub. I should, you know, like my comedy career is McMurphy from uh, Cuckoo's Nest. And do I go chief and say, no, you can't, you can't exist as a lobotomized TikTok piece of shit. (laughs) You had more to offer than that. You were more than that. I am, this is a mercy killing and I think that's how actually I will have somebody Photoshop. Like when I leave comedy, it will be my face on chief and my face on McMurphy. And I will suffocate myself and break out of the window. <laughs> oh shit. All right.
1: <laughs> I was going to ask, what was the third thing you were going to say? But I don't know. So, it, uh, Oh, that was too good. Yeah. Pedal to the metal, uh, a TikTok angle. Is oh. there a third thing? I'm sorry. I, I got us off on this tangent, but it was no, worth it's it just all right. for the drowning analogy. It's all
0: right. Um, what's the thing? I did have some. But, oh, for you, mm-hmm. if I could make a a, a a Pete specific. Of course. This isn't what I'd say for everybody. But do you audition for things?
1: Uh, No, but I don't have any. I don't know how. I, I've i done, like, I've submitted stuff to Actors Access sure. and, like, backstage. And I've started doing that recently. Uh I'm currently unemployed and on unemployment. So there's a part of me that's like worried if I get something for and like right. get paid eight hundred dollars, I'm gonna lose my unemployment.
0: Well, I have to what I would say to you is, you know, just like TikTok has very little to do with comedy and all about exposing yourself to as many people as possible. I, I see you as somebody who who should be exploring that avenue. Mm-hmm. Um in, in and once again, not to be a commercial actor or to be but but like just expanding opportunities where somebody would say, Oh, he's like he's a um John Krasinski type. Right. Like we need a, you know, even if that's not in vogue right now, they'll still need a Krasinski type.
1: Someone's got to be the dad in the laundry commercial being like, right. tied. it's incredible.
0: And I just think I, I, I and these are none of these are like simple solutions. But I think those are the three things because and notice nothing I said has to do with joke writing or performing stand up comedy. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you have
1: to do all these other things besides stand-up yeah. up to do stand up.
0: But that's the reality we live in. And I, I hate this reality. Um, I want to take a blue pill and go back to where (laughs) if you make a good set, you get to do comedy. Uh, But uh, He lied to us.
1: He tricked us.
0: Yeah, exactly. uh, Joe Pantoliano. Uh,
1: JL, thank you so much for for taking the time and chatting the show. And thank you, Cookie, for being a good girl and staying on the floor. Uh, Where can people find you? Tell us about the special. Tell us online, all that shit. Podcasts, videos. Uh,
0: Yeah, my website is jlcomedy.com. Another change I made about halfway through, my website was jlcovan.com. It still is, but you can reach me through jlcomedy.com. For the first half of my career, I said, well, I got to get my name out there. And then you realize, nobody gives a shit about my name. Many people probably can't spell it. So let's just, can I buy the domain for comedy also? And then you realize, can people spell comedy? We're very (laughs) stupid. Um
1: JLLipsyncing.com. Exactly.
0: So JLComedy.com has links to my blog, my two podcasts, which are uh, new every week. Um, all my social media stuff, links to my, all my albums. Um, the special Tall Boy will be out Friday, June 2nd on my Patreon, link on my website, or patreon.com slash and uh And then it'll be out there on YouTube probably within a month later, but if you want to look at it now. But that is, of course... The appetizer to now half blackface instead of being my first special will be my uh, prequel special. Yeah, we're releasing a prequel. The
1: white, the white whale. Yeah, the white whale. The white whale is or half blackface is the white whale. Yeah,
0: it's the half white whale. Um, so just if you follow me on social media, the only thing I'd say is if anybody listening to this, it likes thinks I'm funny or likes looks my stuff up and likes what I'm doing, um, I would just say go uh, sign up for my monthly newsletter at the bottom of my homepage on my website, because that's the only way to really defeat the algorithm is to not engage the algorithm. Cause I have, I have hundred thousand Twitter followers. I mean, I have 130,000, but about a hundred thousand never see my shit after the shadow ban. Yeah. So
1: Elon Musk work on that. Where, where's the Twitter files on JL's account. That's what I want to know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, bro. It's
1: fucked up. All right, JL. Thanks for stopping by or Thanks. For having me over, I think I should say, because I'm in your house. Well,
0: podcast-wise, I stopped by. But yes, it is in my domicile. So you're welcome, and thank you.
1: All right, thank you. See you later.